Welcome to the Law of Attraction Traction Quantum Consciousness Connection and Creation with my mom, holistic psychotherapist Kareen Beerfeld. Kareen has worked in private practice for over 20 years and has witnessed miraculous recoveries treating those who've experienced trauma. Trauma stored in the body can subconsciously affect and determine our life experience. When unconscious programs and traumas are accessed and released, negative core beliefs and maladaptive behaviors can be permanently reprogrammed. Dive deeper into the law of attraction and go beyond whatever is blocking you from the life you want with Green Beer Folk. The law of attraction traction starts right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to, yeah, welcome to the law of attraction traction. This show, okay. Here's what I want to say. Let me introduce you to Kareen first. Kareen Beerfeld. Let me introduce you to who she is. So imagine being able to work with this amazing licensed professional clinic, clinical counselor. Um, imagine doing that. And also somebody that understands the holistic aspect of who you are on the inside and out. Now imagine that this is who she is. She is also advanced heart-centered hypnotherapy certification. She's in the Wellness Institute. But now imagine if you take all of that, which is a little bit, just a little bit of what she does. And now you add what her message is, the law of attraction, traction. Imagine what it would be like if you could work with someone that understood the makings on the inside the makings of the world on the outside, whether it's trauma, emotional, sexual, physical abuse. Now imagine working with somebody that could literally card out, chart out, and help you with a pathway to attract all the great things you want in life. That's what this show is about. That's who Corrine Beerfeld is. Corrine, it's great to have you. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Pitt. That was quite the intro. Appreciate it's great to it. Have you. <laughs> I'm so I'm so happy to be here with you today. Thank you. Great to have you like in your own show, because this is your show. Um, yes. I love that we're going to break this down. I love that we're going to talk about basics. Because if we don't have a strong foundation in life, period, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you work with people helping them build that foundation because some people, you know, they have had a rough time in life. You know, they come most through people, and I think most, people. yeah, you know, everybody has at some point or other, I think. Yeah. yeah. At least the people I hang out with for sure. Yeah. But what happens when we understand the basics? Tell us about that. Yeah. So I'm glad you asked that question. I was thinking, you know, since we're doing the show on the law of attraction, traction, that it is a great idea to just get the fundamentals down first, because once people understand that, then as we move forward, we can take the basics and apply them to pretty much anything that people would want to manifest in their lives. So I think, you know, the first step, which is so important in attracting what you want, which most teachers that teach the law of attraction will teach is getting a really clear vision of what you want your life to look like. And it sounds simple and kind of like a, you know, like a common sense thing, but I know I spent a lot of my life not doing that. Um, <clears throat> and I think, 
you know, as I've talked to clients and it's easy to kind of just go, get caught up in the doings of life and going through day-to-day um, robotically without really thinking and, and being clear about, okay, what am I doing here? Like, how do I really want to spend my time? What am I doing with my life? What am I doing with my ener- my life energy? And um, what is it that's going to fulfill me at the highest level? I don't know that a lot of people ask themselves that question, yeah. but it's interesting. In preparing for this, I was... Um, it had clicked in my mind. I remembered learning in graduate school, like this, just uh, an article that they we had talked about. It was a Harvard study that they did, um, which the study was basically they they found that they had MBA graduates. There were three percent of the MBA graduates that wrote down their goals for their life. And when they followed up 10 years later, it only took 10 years, the 3% that had written their goals down were making 10 times more than the 97% of the other graduates combined, which I'm like, well, that's kind of interesting. Obviously, the 3% were writing down, my guess would be financial goals. <laughs> they were making that much more. Do you know what I mean? But, um, and I'm like, well, gosh, do I even remember that study right? And sure enough, I just Googled it and it popped right up. So anybody that is interested can go ahead and, you know, go on there and read about it. But um, yeah. So just the power of having a clear vision and writing it down, like that first step alone, it seems common sense, but it's something that, um, you know, we don't want to miss. So I would say to people that if anybody's watching this, they're probably, my guess would be they're interested in, okay, how can I create or attract something different in my life? What I like to do, which I think is a fun exercise, is just to say, you know, start by thinking big, like think outside the box. If you had a magic wand and you could create any life you wanted without having any limitations put on you, so just as big as you can think, like have so much fun with it, what would your life look like? And then take the time to get as clear as you can. So Mm -hmm. if anyone's listening to this or watching this and wants to do it, I would say like, you know, stop the video and take it. It doesn't take that long. Take a few minutes and write down as specifically as you can, what would be your dream life? Like, who would you be spending your time with? How much money would you have in your bank account? Where would you live? You know, what would you be doing for fun? What would your physical health be like? What would your spiritual life look like? What would that look like? You know, would you be um, donating causes that make you feel good? What would you um, be doing in terms of spending your time? Do you, do you want to be spending your time in service to others? Would do you want to be spending your time on a beach somewhere? Get as clear as you can about if you could have any kind of life that you wanted and dream as big as you could, think big, take the time and then write it down. So I'm going to just assume that everybody that's listening just went and did that right now. <laughs> yeah. And I love what you said. Pause the video for a moment because, yeah. you know, you can put, that's why I love doing what we do in this way. Pause the video and take a moment and, and do this. One of the things I want to ask you about, and I want you to really come back to it, is that we have a tendency, especially if you've not done this before. And what you just described as basics, it's everybody can do it. Sure. I'll, it doesn't matter where you are in your walk in life, but you said something and I would love for you to talk about it because maybe this is not the people, you know, mm-hmm. but this becomes one of the most difficult things for people to do because one, they, we tend to argue for our limitations, especially about our desires. Yeah. Two, 
we ask the question, well, how am I going to get that? Right. And yeah. let's just be clear. That's not what you're saying to do here. Right. No, that, that's the whole fun with the law of attraction is uh, that, you know, at the end of the day, we don't need to worry about how it's going to come because uh, what I've found that, you know, once you get clear about what you really want and when you can apply the principles in the right way, it's almost like you kind of have um, like the universe will surprise you. So we get ourselves out of the way and trying to figure out how to make it happen. And when you can live in a state of just being open and surrendering, um, that's kind of like when the magic can happen, Mm -hmm. because what I found a lot of times is you'll end up attracting, uh, things will come to you in ways you could have never anticipated. And so often it's even better and bigger, um, and, Mm -hmm. and more expansive than what, I could have planned for if I was trying, yeah. you know, if I could control everything. During the break, I'm going to go get my first business card. Uh, not the first one I ever did, but the first one I did about this direction of my life. Now, my first business card uh, was to start a consulting organization, a business consulting, because mm-hmm. believe it or not, that was my career career back in the corporate world. I can believe it. But I want to get this card because I didn't understand anything about any of this. Mm -hmm. When I started this, the show was crust busting your way to an awesome life. Yeah. I want to show everybody that card. Why? Because you can write it down in any way you want. Right, Corrine? So a lot of times we don't do this because we think, well, Corrine's not telling me how to do it. She's not telling me, do I need a vision board? Um, do I need to have a magic paper? Uh, do I need to do it in gold? <laughs> the law of attraction is kind of cool because it doesn't really have rules when it comes to that, does it? No, I don't. There, are, there aren't rules. I mean, not that there's anything. I don't, I'm not opposed to vision boards and right. things like that. You know, anything that, that somebody can do to keep their dreams in front of them is not a bad thing. So I, you know, that, that's, and I think that's a part of getting clear what your vision is, is um, so, you know, writing them down would be one thing and reading those goals every day. Um, I would love to see the business card that you're going to go get because <laughs> I oh know there's God, really, now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put you on the spot. <laughs> I'm sure there's quite a story behind that. <clears throat> well, It's kind of like the first book I ever picked up 20 years ago, and I think it was 20 plus years ago, before we even used the term law of attraction. That's not true. Somebody handed me a book by Catherine Ponda, and I read Catherine Ponda, yeah, Yeah. and I just laughed. I said, this is the most ridiculously cheesy stories until I realized it wasn't. They happen. Mm -hmm. I love being a student of this. So what you're talking about today, thank you for the reminder. (laughs) Thank you for the reminder. This is powerful beyond belief, isn't it? How have you seen this manifest? May I ask you, how have you seen this manifest in your life? Because, see, you don't show up as Kareem Beerfeld, Law of Attraction, Traction, if you have not won gone through a life that maybe you attracted some things you didn't want to attract, Mm -hmm. but then also have a great life now where you're helping others. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
it's interesting that you would ask that question because when I think about how have my dreams shown up in the biggest way possible, I guess my answer to that for myself personally would be not definitely in the way that I would have expected. Um, (laughs) I mean, for (laughs) sure. I remember (laughs) um, a a few years ago, Okay, so I've been on the metaphysical path and studying mind-body principles for a long time. And I remember um, a few years ago saying, okay, my main goal is I just want to awaken in this lifetime. (laughs) Wow. Well, you know, it sounded good at the time, but um, (laughs) I had no idea. (laughs) <laughs> what that was going to, what that, what that was going to mean for my life. So for me, I thought, Oh, <laughs> sounds so great. I know the people that awaken, they live in this state of, you know, in their, they're in their heart and they feel a sense of contentment with life and they, they rarely get triggered and they go with the flow. So who wouldn't want that? Right. But what I didn't understand was um, that my, in so many ways, I think my request was answered. It just didn't come in the form that I expected. It came in a form of lots of ter- um, turmoil and challenges that I didn't see coming. But in hindsight, I realized, oh, you know, it was an answer to that request. Um, and some of the things that followed after I set that intention um, needed to happen in order for me to be at the place that I am now. So that really shifted my whole perspective too on difficulties and challenges that we can experience in our life, which is that, um, you know, it's never fun going through the downtimes, the challenges, the painful things. But um, I have come to realize that without, those are the, the, the challenges sometimes present us with the greatest opportunities for our healing and our growth. So, um, yeah. You know, like without going into like extreme detail, personal details, yeah, yeah. I, I can say some of the biggest challenges and some of the things that I would have considered at the time to be the most painful experiences of my life, I can look back and go, you know what, those have been the greatest blessings because they have led me to where I am now. So I know that they're, yeah. if anybody's listening to this and they're watching and they're, um, you know, they want more out of their mm-hmm. life, that would be the message of hope. I would give is just to say, you know, um, if you're experiencing challenge right now, mm-hmm. sometimes that's the universe's way of um, bringing you greater blessings. If you, but you can't tell when you're in the midst of it. But when you come yeah. out the other side, it becomes much more apparent. You know, so I've learned to just trust. I think that's another big part of a, the law of attraction is learning how, and it's one of my affirmations is just learning how to really move into a state of mm-hmm. trust and surrender. So for those people watching this, I would assume they would have some kind of a spiritual foundation, spiritual background. And that, you know, my belief is that there is something greater and I, I, I don't have the full big picture, but I'm learning more and more every day. One of my practices is to just keep surrendering and trusting that there is something yeah. that like there's a higher divine intelligence that works in all of our lives you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Look, so what you're talking about, oh my gosh, I just had a flashback. Oh, I was yeah. at a point in my career where I was denied a director position for three reasons. Uh-huh. One, 
I hadn't finished my undergraduate degree. And folks, I'm just saying that's a whole nother story for another show, but it is a law of attraction story. 13 mm -hmm. years to get an undergraduate degree. Hello, I did get it. But in the meantime, I was told, and by the way, you've never had a line job. So my vision back in the day yeah. when I didn't know any of this was I want to achieve success here and get that directorship job, right? I mm -hmm. want to become a director here at this company. Um, the fastest amount of time, learn from the best and achieve great success. I did not know what I was in for. Mm-hmm. Now, did you get the job? Well, I had to go through what it took to get those three things. Yes. One, I was given a job to turn around a graphics department that was failing and fire everybody. Two, I got to a supervisor whose name is Mary Louise Smith. Three, I had to learn from Mary Louise Smith. So I asked for those things, but I didn't say, give me one of the toughest people right. on the planet to work for that was going to sit at her desk. And she taught me how to put on lipstick, sit <laughs> at her desk and smoke yeah. and never move. Yeah. Here's what she taught me. This is going to seem silly to a lot of people, but this talks to what you said. Sometimes you don't ask for this. Mary Louise Smith taught me the humility of getting feedback. We turn graphics around mm -hmm. behind our exec, our uh, vice president's back, by the way. Yeah. We spent money to automate it. We did get rid of the non-performers. I was their supervisor and I knew nothing about graphics, but every time I walked into Mary Louise Smith's office, beautiful black woman walked into her office every time she'd be sitting there with her head down, you know, like this routine, like that thing yeah. right there. And I would like open my mouth and she would go, what part of the problem are you? Yeah. But you don't understand. I just caught what's his face with cocaine up his nose. What part of the problem are you? Now, why is that important to share? One, I got exactly what I asked for. Two, I learned from the best. Three, it helps me understand every bit of feedback in the world that you give me, that you give us today. I don't personalize it. And four, I always ask myself, if I'm mentoring somebody, and they don't do a good job. What part of the problem am I? Mm -hmm. That's I beautiful. didn't ask for those things, Corrine. Yeah. But in a year, I became a director. There you go. I mean, so, I think that's a beautiful story, right? And it, it speaks to exactly what you said of, um, we can't know the why, the, the how it's going to come. Mm -hmm. It's, And sometimes it comes in ways that we would never anticipate or expect. But in the end, um, lead us to what we want or to something better and to in, in an even greater way. So you got all these lessons that you weren't expecting to get through that whole experience that you needed to get to the ultimate goal, which you had set for yourself. That's kind of what I'm talking about with you just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, I want to, I want to keep going here because yeah. you're, you know, you're onto something that I think is so important. Um, and that is the question of, 
why was this important to you? Why have you become yeah. an expert? You know, it, it, I don't like the question why, so I'm not asking it that way. Yeah. Let me, let me try it again. You could help me out here. <laughs> Understanding what's underneath something. Yeah. Right. What's underneath something. Mm-hmm. You know, the question is, what is your why? I mean, I just read a few lines of your accomplishments. You have a fantastic client base. You're the host of the law of attraction traction, right? You know, you live and breathe in the world of, you know, being a mom, doing so many things. So underneath it, other than my ego story that I just told, because that was totally ego. And by the way, I went through therapy the whole time. But underneath (laughs) your honesty, (laughs) I had a great therapist. Um, I wouldn't have made it. I I wouldn't have made it. Trust me, I'm a big believer in therapy. (laughs) There's a reason I'm in this Uh, field. Yeah. uh, uh, That's another show. Yeah. Underneath that, there is this question that you help people get to. Can you talk about what it means to establish your why? Yes. So the second part of once you get clear about what it is that you're really looking for, you know, like what, what is your vision for your life and having absolute clarity, the more clear and uh, specific you are, and the more you, you either write it down or, or get pictures or whatever, and can keep that in front of you. That's the first step. The second part is, and I think this might be even more important is why do you want these things? And what I've found is usually whatever it is that someone is looking for. So whether they want to manifest uh, like a relationship or better health or more money or whatever it is, really what that's about ultimately is they're looking for the feeling that that experience is going to give them. So I think, um, you know, anybody that's motivated and watching this and wants to do this part, this would be also really helpful if after you write down your list of what does your life look like, you you take some time and think about, okay, why do I want what I'm saying that I want? What do I what do I think it's going to give me? And then as as specifically as you can, write down the feelings that you would connect with those experiences. So a lot of times, like I think, um, if somebody's looking to create more money in their life, what that's really about is. They're looking for um, more freedom. It's so interesting how different experiences have associated feelings that go with them. So if they're looking to um, create better health, sometimes underneath that is ultimately what they're looking for is to feel whole, like a sense of wholeness, well-being, right? So um, the, the feeling state, Mm-hmm. is really what people are going for, but they just don't know it. I mean, yeah. um, so what are the feelings that those experiences would give you? Would it be, you know, joy, um, a sense of like abundance, a, f- a feeling of connected, to, being connected to others? What are the feelings? But w- what's so interesting, if you think about it, is I'll say this to my clients sometimes. The subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between what you're actually experiencing and what you vividly imagine yourself to experience. So in other words, what you could do is if you could sit, take some time, close your eyes and picture whatever you have described as terms of the vision for your life, that it's all already done. And if you, 
if you could visualize it vividly enough, you could get yourself into a state of having the feelings in your body, like the experience of the, whatever the feelings are that would be connected with that. Mm -hmm. You could get yourself into a state of bliss without anything actually changing externally. That could happen first. And the paradox is the more you can get yourself into that feeling state before the event shows up, the quicker you draw the event or the experience or the person to you or the health condition or whatever it is, which I think is a really cool principle because it's this principle of as within, so without. Whatever we're already feeling on the inside is going to man- like is going to show up um, externally, mm-hmm. which can be a good thing or it can be a bad thing. So in other words, if we want more money and we're feeling it's because we have an internal sense of lack, then if we don't correct that internal sense of lack, no matter how much money we we get, we're going to still keep operating and feeling like it's not enough. You could change the internal state to one of, I am already abundant. and, And if you can feel that fully and totally in your body, you would begin to see all of the, the wealth in terms of the blessings and the gifts that are in your life in this moment without even more money showing up and you, it could raise you to a higher state um, emotionally in terms of feeling like you already are wealthy. And then the paradox is the more you can see the blessings and the more you are in a state of having gratitude for the abundance in your life, then the more the abundance comes in. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense in such a big way because um, we have not talked about how to bring in the emotions, especially at the basic level that you're talking about. And I I think people miss the boat on this because when, you know, we first started to talk openly about the law of attraction and the movie, the secret, um, this conversation was a bit missing for some people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I remember watching uh, my friend and I do our first vision board and it honestly, I put lights on mine and I had yeah. Velcro so that I yeah. could put something on. And when it was done, I took it off and I was happy. And I watched my friend who was doing the board and everything that she would put on or try to put on, she would say something about like, yeah. I don't know why I think I'm going to get that now because, yeah. and what you're sharing is let's have some fun with this. Exactly. Let's have some fun. Yeah, that is an energy. But but I want to talk to you about this when we come back, because yeah, the energy that we put out, right? As we're doing it, and as we go through our day, the law of attraction doesn't have a personal opinion, right? It's going to yes. take if we if very we, neutral. <laughs> yeah, if yeah. I'm like furious at Mary Louise Smith, every time I walk in there, mm-hmm. I don't keep I don't have my eye on the target that I asked for this, I've been given a way to get it, but the energy of me in the middle of that process, it will be the death of me. And that is such an important part of it. It's called resistance. And you're going to talk about that when we come back, right? Awesome. Yep. Before we go to break, I want to know how do people find out about you? How do they contact you? How do they work with you? Certainly they can listen to your podcast, but give, give, Give folks stuff because this is the holiday. So we need, we need some help. <laughs> we need some help here. <laughs> uh, yeah. My website is my name, Kareen, K-O-R-E-N, Beerfeld, B-I-E-R-F-E-L-D-T.com. And then there's information on there that will give you um, more details about my practice. Thank you for asking that question, Dr. Pat. 
Yeah. Uh, and then more to come. We're also going to be adding uh, a new website and also a whole lot of information about the law of attraction, traction. Mm-hmm. So if there was ever a need to understand traction, it's about what we are going to talk about when we come back. As Mary Louise Smith used to say, honey, you had a place where the rubber has just met the road. <laughs> are you going to hit the brake or are you going to put the pedal to the metal? Mm. Let's take a short break. I know she's like, she's up there saying, oh my God, you finally got it. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. When trauma is stored in the body, it can subconsciously affect and determine our life experience. Learn how the mind connects with the body and how you can pursue your own healing and growth so that your line shines brighter than ever. On the Law of Attraction Traction with host, my mom, Kareen Beerfield. Every third Tuesday of the month at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. To learn more about Kareen and her services as a holistic heart-centered counselor, visit KareenBeerfield.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back. You are listening to the Law of Attraction Traction with me. I get to hang out with the host of the show, which is Kareen Beerfeld. Kareen, before we just hop right over to one of my favorite, <laughs> and I have a love-hate relationship with this topic. How can people find out about you? How can they work with you? How can they become one of your, you know, your clients? Yes. Um, the easiest way is just to go to my website, which is kareenbeerfeld.com. And then my um, contact info is right on the website. Beautiful. Okay. We've talked about, and you've guided us beautifully through the importance of a clear vision. Then we talked about establishing your why. And I love the way you did that because you didn't judge. You didn't have any judgment in there. Usually when people have a why, they're always comparing it. Well, my why is not as good as my mother's or my sister's. But you <laughs> didn't do that. No, of course. Now, this is the rubber meeting the road, as Mary Louise Smith would say, Mm -hmm. commitment to persevering through resistance, because you've got a story to tell. But I will say this. One of the hardest things I've ever learned. When a boss is giving you feedback and it's not great. Mm -hmm. I messed up three times with Mary Louise, and then I never messed up again. Yeah. But that has to do with commitment, persevering, and my resistance. So take it away. But you know what, though? It sounds like your experience with that boss taught you so many incredible life lessons that you're probably using even to this day, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's usually how it goes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's what I mean. Sometimes the the experiences are happening the moment we don't see the gifts in them in the second that they're happening. But hindsight, we can look back and go, you know what? I really learned a lot of good stuff from that. I can take the gems. (laughs) So I'm glad you had that boss because I think it probably made you better and to to be the lovely person that you are that I get to work with today. (laughs) And if there's one thing in common, every boss I've had, I've had a situation like that. Even my first boss, Dan Vandermoss, who recently passed away, taught Mm -hmm. me a severe lesson about feedback because I was a really spunky young person. (laughs) So what what have you learned? How have you seen things manifest? And, you know, what did you have to push to get it? Well, it's funny because as we were talking on the break, I'm like, oh, you know, let me think of a specific story of manifesting. And I mean, there's been so many incredible things that have come into my life. And I feel like, you know, 
I still every day am working and growing and trying, you know, to, trying to expand my consciousness myself. But th- there was a time, I'm like, you know what? There was a, there's, this is a pretty good one. When I was in my 20s, I love Colorado. I've lived in Colorado two different times. So the first time I lived there, I uh, was, you know, it was like a, a, during a summer break and I worked at Rocky Mountain National Park and it was so beautiful. I, um, it was my first time there. I worked at the store that was like at the top of Rocky Mountain National Park. Every day we would drive up 13, 14,000 feet, whatever it was, through the clouds, get to the top where the snow-capped mountains were. And it was the best experience. And on my days off, we would go hiking. I mean, it was just, I, I really loved living in Colorado. <clears throat> so when I graduated, I wanted to take some time off between my, you know, getting my undergraduate and going straight to graduate school. And I was like, I really would love to go back to Colorado, but I didn't have any money. <laughs> and I was driving a, a, a car that I had bought my first car that was like an $800 car. And I was like, probably not the best idea. I live in, you know, Ohio to drive three days uh, from Ohio to Colorado with no money in an $800 car. So <laughs> I, um, at the time was working at a restaurant and happened to at that time be uh, talking to uh, a guy who worked there and he was just like, Oh, what are you going to do after you graduate? And I'm like, I don't know. I really want to travel, but I, you know, want to go to Colorado. I can't get there. And he's like, well, you know what? I have a brother uh, who lives in Florida. If you want to go to Florida. And he, he happened to be like a, a, a golf pro who had a bunch of other golf pros that would stay at his house during the winter. But in the summer, everybody left. He had all these extra rooms. And I was like, okay, I think my car can make it to Florida. So I did that, went to Florida. And while I was there, within like the first week, I met a woman who we are amazing friends to this day. Um, she, I love her so much. She ended up becoming a therapist while I was there. She was working as a travel agent. And she, as we got to be closer friends, she said, um, you know, I've really been thinking I want to go back to school and I think I'd like to be a therapist. It turned out her mom was wealthy and had like several homes around the country. And she goes, um, my mom has a, a condo in Aspen and it's at the base of a ski slope. Um, I think I'm going to go live there and go to school. Want to come? You can live there for free. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, I do. I do. I want to go to Colorado and live there with you for free. Thank you. <laughs> so. <laughs> but isn't that the way it works? That's how it works. You just, you know, that's what I meant earlier when I said, like, you just cannot plan. Like, there's such a much bigger yeah. perspective that we. What I'm really struck by is two things. One how easy it was for you to kind of go with the flow, so to speak, even though Colorado was beautiful for you, you held it in your intention and you did not, when the Florida thing came up, because this is what we do, right? When the Florida thing came up, you didn't say, I didn't ask for Florida. I asked for Colorado. Right. And so often something will show up like a Mary Louise Smith. And if we don't recognize that we have to stay the course, that we have to expect some resistance and we Mm -hmm. have to look at it and persist. Can you talk to that point? Because that leads us to the conversation of detached detachment, but yes, there's like a saying from the Borg resistance is futile. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> talk about so true. This, talk about this idea of resistance and what you come to learn and what you help people with, because resistance yeah. will have a stop in our track right away. It total it, it it does, and that I you know if I had anything to say about um, law of attraction, it would be expect resistance. It's inevitable and it will come up. So I like that. What is it? Resistance is futile. That's good. <laughs> is that what she said? Star Trek, the Borg. Star Trek. Okay. That's my, right. The Borg is like my so favorite good. villain character. Right. But yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm not a big Trekkie, but I like that. <laughs> so, um, not only I would say, is it futile, but actually there's this, this, this principle that what you resist persists. So what I have found is as, as we're getting into trying to create something bigger than where we're already at, yeah. it kind of goes back to, you know, we talked about this in one of the other shows about, you know, um, that we are vibrational matches for whatever's in our external environment. So as we're looking to expand, right, we want to get something bigger. Basically, what we're saying is we want to like kind of elevate the vibration. And so what that means is that where we're not in alignment vibrationally with whatever it is we're wanting to pull in, that is going to show up in our bodies and it's going to feel not good. It's going to feel yucky. So usually resistance um, will, you you might feel it in your body as like constriction or uh, tightness or just a part of you that was like, well, I thought it sounded like a really good idea, but eh, never mind. I don't, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I've changed my mind. Forget this. It's too hard. That's that's going to come up because when we're trying to expand, it's like our greatest growth is on the edge of our comfort zone, right? Mm-hmm. So, wow. Um, the 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 whole idea of what you resist persists, meaning if you don't go into the resistance, it's going to just win. Um, but what you're willing to feel, you can heal. And I love those principles because when you really understand them, what that means is as we're talking about the law of attraction and how do you gain traction if you just expect the resistance? I think this is the piece that a lot of the people who teach law of attraction miss, which is that the the when we're trying to attract something and the blocks come up or the resistance come comes up, how do you deal with that resistance? I, that's the part that you know when I started studying uh, principles around law of attraction when I, and I was like a late teenager, early twenties when I got into it, and I loved the concepts. And I, you know, remember like also studying Catherine Ponder's book and other books on how do you manifest like um, the, the 40 by prosperity principle. Have you heard that one? R- Randolph Pryde? Yeah. So <laughs> you're laughing. I guess you do. You know, that one, <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, but you know what? As, <laughs> as soon as I started to do those, I, I remember feeling worse, kind of crappy, <laughs> not good because Everything that was in me, it was about my own level of consciousness at the time that wasn't in alignment with these teachings that were designed to elevate me to a higher level of consciousness so that I could attract, you know, more abundance in that case was, would come up to the surface. And so at the time I just didn't understand how to deal with resistance. And that's what I do now as I work with people is teach them that resistance is inevitable, but it's also like the greatest chance for our growth because it shows us where we need to do our work in order to heal. Yeah. You know, when we look at resistance, I want to ask you about this because there's, there's a part of this that's so paradoxical at some level. And, you know, I can think about a few stories, right? 
of resistance and then detachment. And let's Mm -hmm. talk about it. You know, I remember finishing my doctoral work and the dissertation, and I was studying something that I really didn't understand. You know, I love being a student. You know, that's why I love what I do. I'm listening to you and I'm learning things now. And I'm reminded of things that I will put into action. And I love that. And when I went to school, I could have studied anything in psychology. But I picked something that in the end was so heartbreaking. I was happy about the results because I could demonstrate why you don't do this. Mm -hmm. But I went through 10 years of studying broken promises, psychological contract violations, Mm. as they're called in the world. Mm -hmm. Now you work with people every day who come and say, I feel betrayed. Yeah. Right. But here's the thing. What do you learn along the way? And I remember finishing my dissertation and being encouraged to write a paper for one of the conferences right there at the same time. My, my committee chair had me do it. And she said, you know, pretty much, I'm sure this paper will get accepted. And I submitted it to the Academy of Management. And I got back and it said, yes, your paper has been accepted. You're one of 10 people. I remember holding that space. I remember hearing the computer click again. And the next email was, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. We have to withdraw your paper. I didn't count right. Oh no. So here's what I remember. I remember the energy of, wow. So I'm not number 10, I'm number 11. 11's my number. Wow, that's kind of cool. Did a little praying. I heard the computer again. Same guy. He says, you know, I'm back again. Your paper wasn't accepted as best paper, but your dissertation won dissertation of the year. Wow. Now, what does all that mean? For me, I had no idea what it meant. I don't come from an educated family. I'm not quite sure even how I got into that school. But what it meant for me was the energy I was holding, I do believe, had that cycle happen in that way. I really believe that. And parallel to that, I was teaching Catherine Ponder. So you see- What you're teaching people are the tools, because if we can learn the tools in the face of despair and the Mm -hmm. face of loss, we can learn detachment. Tell us about detachment from your perspective. Yes. So, yeah. And if I could back up just for a little bit. So in order, I think, to get to the detachment part, what I found is um, I, I just wanted to speak a minute about how to work with resistance when it comes up, because uh, this is the the crux of like I think the the key to if you if you don't know how to move through the resistances where people get stuck or blocked or where they give up or you know they they say okay have these dreams but then when the the resistance comes up it's easy to to either try to push through it cognitively or just quit and even trying to push through it cognitively doesn't usually end up working so um, what what I have found what I do myself, what I try to teach clients to do is to, again, the whole paradox of you lean into it. So when uh, you feel the blocks, which inevitably will come up. So let's say, okay, we we, we asked people at the beginning of the show, write down your vision for your life. They've got 
what they would like to attract. Then it is, then, you know, the second step is get real clear about why and what that feeling state is. So the first two steps would just be every day, put that in front of you, read what your life vision would be and try to imagine that you've already, it's already happened and feel the state of gratitude and the feelings that you would have if you already had those experiences. So those are the first two steps. And the third step is now pay attention to where you don't feel like it's possible or where you're in vibrational alignment with that. Um, I, well, you had alluded to it earlier and I wanted to comment on what you said, which was the questions that we ask ourselves are so powerful. So um, I, I think it was like in reference to what you had said about your boss. Like, so if we're asking the question, well, how, I'm never going to get that or how could I ever get that? Well, then the, the universe is going to give you answers to that question. But if you say, how could I create this in my life? Or how could I become more mindful? Or how could I move through this resistance? You're going to get those answers. The universe will respond to whatever questions you ask. So once you have the vision in front of you, you're focusing on it every day, you're living in a state of trying to imagine that it's already happened, you know, as much as you can living in your heart, feeling gratitude, visualizing the, you know, the, the experience is done, it's already there. And the, the feelings that would go along with that, the next step is just to go into your body and see where the blocks are, like the blocks will be there. And one easy technique that I've found is sometimes, again, paradoxically, if you just allow yourself to be mindful, lean into the places where you feel the resistance, that alone can sometimes dissolve the blocks. So in other words, instead of trying not to feel the blocks, which is what I used to do, like when I was doing the prosperity and abundance things, and I would just be like, I shouldn't be feeling the resistance. So I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to try not to feel that. That doesn't work. <laughs> the opposite though, the opposite. I felt of- about that feedback from Mary Louise Smith. Every time she opened her mouth, I'm thinking, here we go again. She's going to correct something. You're going to give me one more correction yes. or something that she doesn't like that I'm yes. doing that I got to do. Yes. Yes. And then when you go into constriction, you go, your body constricts, right? Like, so what you're resisting, <laughs> you tighten up around, then it, it, it's, it's like a self-fulfilling thing. <laughs> what we resist persists and keep happening. So if you, if you get that at a deep level, that means if you do the opposite, you don't resist, you lean in, you say, okay, right now I'm trying to visualize this, but you know, there's something in my stomach. My stomach feels a little bit tight. If you can stay with the resistance, keep your attention on the tightness in your stomach. There's a breathing technique. I teach people that just is just in through your mouth, out through your mouth, slow and deep into whatever area of your body that you feel the block. So it's Mm like, over and over, keeping your attention on the experience of the block, sometimes that alone is enough to clear and dissolve the the energy of the block. And so once you can dissolve the block, and sometimes we have a lot of blocks, or might, you know, it's not uncommon to have more than one, when you can stay, um, just keep applying that same principle to whenever the resistance comes up, lean into it. Don't try to shut it down. Lean into it. Go with it. Keep your attention on it. Stay mindful. Breathe. Allow the feeling to be there as, as you, the, the act of allowing is what allows your body to just clear it out and dissolve it, helps it to move through you. Mm. Once you get there, um, 
the detachment piece kind of comes naturally because when, when there are no more blocks, again, it goes back to, okay, if I have no blocks, it feels like in my body, like the experience has already happened. I don't need to worry if it's, if I'm already feeling like the joy that I've got it, what is there, what is there to worry about? I can just let go. And that, so that detachment piece is like the final fourth uh, critical step, which is I'm going to surrender and trust. So I've got the vision, I've got the feelings in my body. I'm going to breathe through any blocks and then I'm going to let go. I detach, I trust. Drop in a place of trusting that it's going to come to me in some way that I probably could never have planned. And it's most likely going to be better and bigger and more wonderful um, than I, any way I could have like anticipated, you know, that just like the, the magic that you were talking about, like with your boss and going through that experience. And at the end of the year, realizing, my God, I got what I wanted. I, it just didn't come in the way that I expected it to, but the lessons and who it shaped you, Mm -hmm. the, the person that it shapes you to be are like, the, I mean, that's invaluable, right? In terms of it, like helping you to invaluable. be better. Yeah. And it helped shape me to become the person that I am today that I didn't know I was going to be. Yes. You see, it's easy for me to look back and I've been looking back because I've been asked to, to write a book and I've been looking back and what I'm drawn to is talk about all the people that helped me get there. Everyone from a Dan Vandermoss who mm-hmm. I uh, made a comment to in a public forum and he pulled me into a back room and he said look i don't care how old you are what what are you like 17 back then you could <laughs> he says i think you're 17 you're sitting here i'm your boss don't you ever say that to me because by all rights i should fire you right now and i'm not going to and he went on to say look if i ask you to do something you do it mm-hmm. if i ask you to do something illegal you have a conversation with me, but if it's about work related, you do it. And he said, this is just the way you learn to work in a corporation like this. And he said, by every right, you insulted me in a room of 50 people. You didn't do what I asked you to do and understand it's hard for me to walk out of this room and have you sit back in your seat in front of me and not fire you, but I'm not going to fire you today. Yeah. Yeah. So you learned from that. I have had some incredibly difficult bosses who have had my back, every one of them. But it took me a while to understand that when a Mary Louise Smith or a Kareen Beerfeld says something, their hearts are saying it to help me because they understand that there's a vision that we have. There's a vision I have now. There's a vision you have. Yeah. And wouldn't you want to know, Corrine, wouldn't you want to know if you had this vision and somebody had insight to see that you are not on track? Wouldn't you want to know? Sometimes people don't say, oh, I really love you. They say, you know what? I should fire you, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what I love about what you're saying is you have taken those experiences and you have learned to see the value of feedback, even when it doesn't come in like, you know, pretty package with a bow on it and it's coming maybe in a harsh form that you have learned to take those experiences and to grow from the feedback. I think it's one of the best lessons you can learn, you like, know? Truly. I would walk into Mary Louise Smith and I would say, I would have the hand up and say, okay, 
here's what part of the problem I am. I learned this after three times. I realized I was going to get what I needed to get if I walked in and I said, right. I'm just going to tell you, this is what part of the problem I am yes. now. Yes. I need your help solving that. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> traction is so important here, isn't it? This is how we have traction. If we take a look at the four things you've just pointed out, detachment fires and fuels traction, doesn't it? It, it does. It's the final and most critical step, um, which is at the heart of detachment is, a, I, my personal belief is about trust, trust and surrender. And that, um, when you can get to that place, which is living in a state of, uh, you know, where I try to be and I don't, I'm not always there, but when I'm there, it feels so good of at the highest level, I do trust that we are all being held. We are all being guided. We are all being supported um, to our highest good that the universe is set up like the universe really has our backs and it's set up to lead us to our highest good. And we can either get there kicking and screaming and fighting, <laughs> but I've learned like, I'm like, you know, I've reached a point where uncle I'll learn through, I'll, I'll just, I, I'll surrender. I'll surrender. Whatever I got to do, I'll surrender. Okay. You know, like I'd rather learn through joy instead of fighting. <laughs> I remember the first thank you that I ever gave somebody after getting some very difficult feedback. I remembered that I learned how to say thank you. Hmm. And it was really tough. I'll have to save that for another show. But I remember the first time those two words came out of my mouth and you could tell I was grateful. Yes. And it was some harsh criticism. Mm-hmm. Well, that's when you really know you've made some progress. When you can <laughs> say thank you in the moment to some harsh criticism. <laughs> I want to thank you for today's show. Uh, and I want to thank you for your ongoing message. I can't wait you know, to see what we chat about next. And I want to thank you for all the service and the people that you help and support. Corrine, how do people find out about you? How do they learn to work with you? And what's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? Yes. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Dr. Pat, for hosting me um, and just making this such an enjoyable experience. I love talking about these principles with you. <laughs> Uh, it is really so fun. It's such cool. so much passion around this topic, and it's so fun to talk with you. Um, you can, they can reach me at kareembeerfeld.com. And as far as a personal message, you know what? Why don't I, we're recording this today. It's towards the end of December. It's about to be the end of the year. How about we end this on a note of saying, like, let's make 2022 the best year yet. Why don't we make this the year that we manifest, like, highest vision for our life and our dreams? I, and I'm going to um, just keep holding that that's possible for every single person who's listening, including you. Yeah. Uh, let, let's hang the shingle out. Let's do it. <laughs> yes. Let's make it the oh best year God. yet. Yeah. Out? yeah. Yeah. Kareen Bierfeld, go to the website. Uh, Kareen, uh, why don't we spell that for people if we could? Sure. K-O-R-E-N-B-I-E-R-F-E-L-D-T.com. Thank Thanks, you so Dr. much Pat. for everything. I can't wait. I can't wait to build up some traction today. Yes. Thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. Daniel, thank you for producing. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining the Law of Attraction Traction with host, my mom, Green Burfo. Tune in every third Tuesday of the month at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio and learn how you can heal from the traumas and conditions you thought were impossible. 
Get inspired to pursue your own healing and growth so that your light shines brighter than ever. To learn more about Kareen and her and the services she provides as holistic psychotherapist, visit her website at kareenbeerfeld.com.